Hi, welcome. Glad that you can join us. I'm Bill, one of the pastors at Fellowship Dubai, and we're in a sermon series called Origins, where we walk through the book of Genesis. And as we walk through the book of Genesis, we don't have a lot of time to do deep dives into particular topics. So if you missed the talk on Genesis 2, go back online and catch up with it. But today we're going to do a deep dive in a particular section of the message. And I have with me right here one of our other pastors, community pastor Barack. Hey, what's up? Hey, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. And so as we talked through Genesis 2 of the myriad of content that was there, one of the greatest pushbacks that we had or or people that really are asking questions was about a particular verse uh, about having to do with husbands and wives. So uh, you're married? I am. I am. I've been for the last eight years. Uh, Yeah, this year we're celebrating nine years together. Awesome. And how did you meet your wife? Uh, I met, she was still in uni. I was, I had taken a gap year, um, which extended to beyond a gap year to something longer. And we were doing music uh, in Kenya and uh, we were invited to the university to perform. And then my friend uh, introduced me to her. And the first thing I said to her was, I will marry you one day. And she laughed just like that. And I realized they said it out loud. <laughs> I didn't, I thought I thought it. And uh, yeah, so that's how we met famously. I, the first thing I said to her is I will marry you. <laughs> so so the first thing you said to her was I will marry you. Yes. Uh, uh, and then eventually uh, you had some conversation with uh, her family or, or how, does, how did that yeah, work? So, when did um, you know that you were going to go to marry her? So, I said that to her, but then it took years. Like, it didn't happen like the next day I married her. I wish that was a story that it would be such a powerful, beautiful, prophetic story, but it's not. Uh, it's, uh, we we became friends, we dated for a while, and then eventually got to that place where I wanted to, to, to really, truly marry her. And then I went to see the dad. And uh, Kenyan, African tradition, depending on the tribe, there's a different process of asking for a girl's hand in marriage. Um, and so uh, traditionally, I would have to go and, and tell the dad of the, of the, of the, of the bride that I, I want to marry your daughter. And the first thing he says to me is, we are not age mates. We can't talk about this. Go bring me someone my age to talk about this. So the first thing, I, after I've mentioned that to him, his, his cultural duty is to politely kick me out, tell me to go away. Uh, and bring someone his age to talk to. Um, and so that's what he did. He just told me, yeah, go get me someone my age to talk to. And so, so that's what we did. That's how the process started. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that that brings us into really one of the key questions that a lot of people at Creekside were asking and Two Seasons were asking was uh, the passage of the Bible that says that uh, a man shall leave his mother and father and then cling to his wife. Now, it's it's one thing for your wife to leave her family. Yeah. Uh, how did how did that work with you guys in your marriage? Did did she leave all right culturally? How does that work? So for, for us, again, with African culture, or let me say Kenyan, because Africa is like huge, and there are very many cultures in there. And even in Kenya, there's too many cultures to even talk about. But in my culture and hers, it's, um, we come from two different tribes. Um, and even with that, they still are cultural implications on how marriage is carried out. Um, but as followers of Jesus um, as well, and as cultural Africans as well, because you can't really separate the two as well, um, 
we we actually left like the the idea of leaving um actually let me let me, let me ask you a different question let's let me flip the script uh so there is a question of leaving and clinging okay or leaving and cleaving the way scripture says um which of the two do you find harder because i feel like my answer and yours might be different because of because <laughs> of culture so so which one is harder for you yeah i i would say whether it's leaving or cleaving clinging cleaving rhymes with leaving so yeah. it's easier to remember right yeah. uh i would say leaving my family is much easier uh because of my culture that comes from a high individual uh, accountability culture so for me uh, leaving family of origin really easy because i'm going to be my own independent person right but the cleaving part the the connecting and committing to one person that is hard culturally so i would say culturally it's the committing to one person because that commitment to one person uh, is at the expense of the individual perspective so I see just by the look on your face, <laughs> you were right. Yeah. yeah, and we get together and we talk culture all yeah, the time. Yeah. So. so for me, it would be the cleaving part that is easier because culturally, from from a young age, you're taught these are your responsibilities as a man, um, and this is what it looks like for you to be with your wife culturally. So the the leaving the the cleaving part, the two being joined together, is culturally celebrated. It's it's a huge huge thing. But the leaving part, the one being separated from your family of origin, now that for me is a hard part. And so going back to your initial question, the leaving part is harder than than that. And I wouldn't say it's as straightforward as, oh, I'm just leaving my family now and starting my own. That's the hard part. So after all the messages that we do at Fellowship, there's always feedback yeah. that as a community pastor you give. And I remember the feedback you gave me after the message at Creekside which uh, you talked about how talking about leaving the family, I, I guess, praise God, uh, I kind of stumbled into some sort of success <laughs> there to do it successfully because yeah. you said, oh, the way you did that was brilliant. And I had no clue uh, what I had talked about, about leaving the family of origin and, and just really what a struggle that was. So it, knowing that leaving is a hard part when the Bible says that a man shall leave his mother and father, and then hold fast to his wife. It's both covenantal language. Leaving yeah. uh, is about breaking covenant mm -hmm. or rearranging priorities yeah. uh, and commitment. And then cleaving or clinging is about uh, kind of doubling up on that commitment, making sure, maintaining that commitment. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what it means to leave your family of origin, but also to honor your mother and father. Yeah. So... I don't think I thought about it much until I moved or we moved to Dubai. I, I don't think that had ever been a thought for me. And again, it's it's that sense. There's a there's an African saying: uh, until you you leave, until you travel, you'll always think your mother's cooking is the best. And it's a cultural statement, and it's a silly statement, but it's a it's a cultural statement to say until you get out of your own cocoon, you'll always think that your culture does it best. That's what you'll always think. Um, and moving to Dubai, I started seeing more clearly, like for example, things like um, in where I'm from, you pursue the the wife you will marry. That's what you do. You you see her, you pursue her, you go talk to the parents, you do the whole cultural thing, you bring people together, and then you get married. But then 
coming to Dubai, I found a different culture where the people who, for example, they meet their bride or their groom on the day of the wedding. The first time they meet is on the day of the wedding. And that's completely different from what I know uh, or even what I would imagine. Um, there are people who, for example, from individualistic cultures who uh, their plan to get married, they don't involve their parents up until the very last moment. I'm like, that is strange. But again, that's different. It's not bad. It's just different, you know. And and the reason I bring all those up is because uh, when you read that passage of scripture and say that uh, you have to leave and cleave, it's such a quick statement. Like you're saying, we we need a deep dive because the people in our congregation, for example, and even people who beyond Dubai and beyond maybe Africa where I'm from to other parts because this is going online so it will end up anywhere on uh, in the world basically the people who for them the image of marriage is you get married and you move in with your bride to your parents home um, so how does living and cleaving in that sub sector of, 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 of culture look like um, and so how do I leave my family of origin where my roots are deeply connected. Even my very name is connected to my family deeply. Like I'm reminded consistently, this is who you are and this is who your father is and this is who your father's father was. And how do I now start saying, okay, now as a follower of Jesus, this is what leaving looks like. Is it just a physical leaving or is it an emotional leaving where now I'm following the Lord in my marriage to honor him more than I honor my culture and my community? Mm, that's, yeah. That is a great question. And I'll flip it on you this time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's say you have one of your congregants at Creekside. Uh, someone comes to you and you're the, the community pastor over all of Creekside. You love weddings. You love the conversations about how to live out practically these yeah. things. So somebody comes to you and they say, I'm going to move in with my parents. How can I, what does it look like to leave my mother and father and cleave to my wife within the same household, what advice would you give them? Um, first of all, I'd have to <laughs> to remove my cultural ears. Like in a sense, it's I've, I've been having these instances where someone says something to me and the first way I hear it is culturally. I hear it with my cultural lens. I hear it with, that's not how we do it. And so I've I've had these moments like sometimes I'll walk into your office and go like I just had a cultural moment um, where someone said something that actually challenged my culture, not my biblical understanding. And so I'd have to defer back to scripture where you go like, okay, this is what culture says. And culture doesn't even have to be African. It could be Christian culture, like the things which we have passed on and that become part of Christian tradition that I may not be Bible-based, it could just be based on habits, like habitudes of, of Christians. This is how we do things. Um, and so that question for me is, how do does this couple still honor God in their marriage where, without them like leaving their family home? And so the, the first thing is actually just realizing that the leaving is not a physical statement. It doesn't have to be physical. It is an idea of actually you as, as an individual being like making decisions for yourself that honors God 
and honors your marriage. So it's that living of this is how my family does things to living to a place of this is how God wants me to do things. And if that's where you are, it doesn't matter where you end up living because I could live physically. I could like right now we live with my family in Dubai. Physically, I could be away from my family, but every decision I'm making or the way I even run my marriage could be based on what my family says. That's not living and cleaving. It's it's me being physically away, absent from them, but being emotionally tied and connected to my family of, of origin, essentially. So you could move into your family, your family home, but be emotionally disconnected and connected to your wife where your your new spouse does not feel like they they've just been grafted into a new family altogether but they feel like actually I'm connected to one person and this is my person and we are one mm. yeah. so this idea of leaving is more about priority than it is about location physical yeah. location yeah so it's a priority of the relationship that the relationship the number one priority would be a husband to his wife yes and and that allegiance is there yeah and then cleaving on the other hand then cleaving is about exclusivity yeah. so if, if leaving is about priority and cleaving is exclusivity uh in that in that commitment uh which is also a challenge for expats uh, who live abroad, right? Yeah. Away from family. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one person, we did a wedding together uh, a couple of years ago, actually. And there was a young couple uh, from India. And one, uh, the couple wanted to get married, but the family said, no, yeah. no, you can't get married. And I remember the couple, you did a lot of counseling with them. You did a lot of talking with them. Uh, so what kind of conversations did you have as far? Cause they've really from a heart wanted to honor God. They wanted to honor God and they wanted to honor mom and dad, but they also really wanted to get married. So what was your conversation like with them? Um, I remember one of the things that was really beautiful about that. Again, it's just the beauty of being in an international church is one of our elders is also from India. And so when when they told us, first of all, that they couldn't get married because their families objected, we actually deferred to our elder. We went like, hey, um, this is what this, this, this couple has said. Uh, could you speak into this situation? And the elder goes like, hey, this, this is, it could be one of these things. Uh, so try and address one of these things. And, and I don't want to go into the details because of, yeah. So it could be one of those things. And so we went back to the couple and we talked through those things and, uh, eventually we just realized that this this couple, one, they, they both love the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Their parents do too, both ends. And it was both an opposition from both sides of the family. And so we came back to, it wasn't an issue of sin. It wasn't an issue of this person is married before and this person is married before. It wasn't any of that. It wasn't an issue of infidelity. It wasn't an issue of that. It was just an issue of we don't want you two together. But from everything we could tell that these two wanted to be together, they loved each other, they, they had tried to honor their parents, but now it was coming to a place where for them to, to honor their parents, it would mean to disobey God because it felt like God was bringing them together. So we just walked with them through the journey and we were like, part of honoring your parents is actually refusing to listen to what they're saying right now because you're also adults. So it's not like they were children 
they were adults. But the difficulty of that is this. If, if you come from an individualistic society, that's such an easy decision. Get married. What is it? You're both adults. Get married. But for people who come from a collectivistic background, that's actually turning back from generations of culture. That's actually saying, I want nothing to do with my family anymore. Um, and that's a huge, huge decision for someone to make. And it's actually saying to them that your safety net is removed. Because part of the safety net in, in, in collectivistic cultures is if my marriage is not working, I can go back to my parents. I can go back to my family and say, it's not working. And they, th there is a system in place to help us through the counseling process. But now if, if that is removed, then the marriage is as good as over at the beginning. And, and that's one of the fears that guys have. And it's, part of it is working with people saying things to them like, hey, we as a church, we will never replace your family. But because of what Jesus has done, we are family and we will walk with you. We become your new safety net. Mm. And, and that was the, the, the discussion we had with them. And it really helped them through the journey. Thankfully, the parents came on board eventually. So it didn't have to go there. <laughs> yeah, uh, That's a great conclusion to the story. And, and to wrap it up, I saw them just uh, recently. And, yeah. uh, it's really good to see that story. Let's say there's somebody watching, somebody listening right now. Uh, they're married, husband and wife. Uh, the husband's family is saying, you guys need to send more money back home. You need to send more money back home. His wife is here saying, no, we need more money here to survive. Uh, who does the guy listen to? How does he navigate that? What advice would you give him to be both a godly husband and a godly son? Yeah. Um, again, there's being... I'll keep saying this, and often it sounds like you're just thankful to be in fellowship. Yes, I am. Uh, but it's because there's so many families here that we we end up having these conversations with. And uh, one of my close friends at Creekside was in exactly that situation where um, he he felt like his family wanted him to send more money home. And his wife is like, by the way, things are tight right now. And... Um, so what, what he did was he actually reminded his family because he understood that the value for them is we are family. That's a huge value for them. And he wasn't saying, no, I don't want to support my family. It was actually him redirecting the support. And so they had a long conversation with the family where he goes like, hey, listen, I also have a family here. And by me sending more home, I am not able to take care of my family here the way I need to. So because you are my family, you know that I have to be responsible here as well. And so we've discussed it with my marital family right now that the best thing for me to do is send this amount and that will have to be enough. And that conversation went so well that for him in particular, now I'm not saying that it will always go well for everyone, but for him in particular, it went so well that eventually they came up with a plan where 
over time, he doesn't need to send any more money because he was setting up systems to to actually separate even the finances and, and honor his family here and honor his family at home. Um, and so that's how it worked out for him in particular. So it's the process of actually saying, redirecting the the commitment and helping your family back home to understand your commitments here as well or your commitment with your family here. Mm, that's a great example of what it means to leave. Mm. But leave is about priority, yeah. not about turning your back entirely. Yeah. Right. So he was saying his priority is his family here in Dubai. Um, what about the, and I'm saying man because you're a husband, I'm a husband. Yeah. Uh, what about the guy who's in a marriage right now? His his wife really gets on his nerves or that happens from time to time, right? So his wife really gets on his nerves and he really wants to talk to his family about it. He wants to talk to his family of origin about it. He wants to talk to uh, mom and dad about his wife. What advice would you give him in how to process that in a healthy way? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's hilarious because you you just as as you say that so many alarm, alarm bells are going off not only in our heads but also in people's heads they're like oh don't go into that one <laughs> but it's it's that thing um so let me let me go back to the question you had asked initially like how does the process of asking for a, for someone's hand in marriage go um and the whole process is is such a long process it can take close to a year to, to go through asking for a hand in marriage in, in some African cultures where the process is I, I go back with my dad or I go back with my uncles and they meet the, the bride's dad and they have the first discussion and then we go for another visit and then we go for another visit and then they come and visit us um, as the whole family again and then, then we get the go ahead to start planning for the wedding. But in all those things, there are so many meetings where all the families are coming together. Now, in that situation, if we have issues in our marriage and I decide one day I'm going to leave my wife, I just wake up and decide I'm leaving my wife. There were so many people involved over the course of years for us to get married that the whole community is invested in our marriage's success. So it's like the whole community is like, my guy, what happened? Mm -hmm. You called us to, to go negotiate for your, for your wedding. You called us to, to help you get a wife. When you decide to leave, you can't, you, we are invested in this. You just can't wake up and leave. So there is that part of that conversation where for some cultures, Talking to your parents about your marital issues is extremely normal because culturally they were involved in the process of you getting your wife. Now, the question becomes, how do you have that conversation in a way that still honors your bride? Mm. That's, that's a big question. Are you having the conversation for the sake of complaining or are you having the conversation for the sake of finding solutions so that your marriage can succeed? Mm. Mm -hmm. Are you are you having those conversations so that you can justify your eventual plan to leave, to to get out of the marriage, or are you having the conversations so that you can have the solutions needed so that your marriage can work? That's the question. So the question would be: 
go back to the motive of why you want to have this conversation. Are you having this conversation as I want to have this conversation or is it a manipulative tactic where either you you are trying to get out of your marriage or you're trying to win an argument with your wife and so you bring in your parents to 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 help you win and and that's a bigger question. Mm, mm. Well well said. That motive really what's what's going on in your heart, yeah. right? Out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. So yeah. so really what's going on in the heart? Uh as as you navigate a relationship, husband and wife, leaving the family, cleaving together, sometimes that cleaving in that relationship, a couple makes a decision. They've prayed about it. They've sought God on it. They, they believe that God is leading them in a particular direction, a particular decision. They're together. They're unified in the decision. Uh, walk us through some of the dynamics. What if the family disagrees with that? What, what if the family looks at that and says, wait a second, no, 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 you, you can't do that. Uh, as a as a couple, walk us through some of those dynamics. It's uh, the question. Therefore, becomes: Is it we can't do that as a couple because it's wrong, or is it we can't do that as a couple because people from our tribe or people from our culture or people from our community don't do that? Mm-hmm. So, if the 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 answer is the the latter or the former, it it depends. It carries the conversation. So, for example. Um, if we are moving to Dubai, for example, and we make the decision, my wife and I, Anita and I make the decision, we're moving to Dubai and our families come to us and say, you can't make that move. The question immediately goes in my head, why can't we make that move? And if the reason is, um, it's, it's not a godly move, then let's discuss the godliness. Or if it's, it's a sinful move, then let's discuss the sin. Or if it's whatever the reason. But if the answer to that question is our culture, we don't do that, or our community does not do that, or people from our family do not do that, or these are your familial responsibilities here, therefore you cannot do that, then we go back to who do we answer to more? Do we answer to our culture or do we answer to God? Um, and if if we answer to culture, then by all means, let us obey what our culture is saying or what our family is saying. But if we are going to stand before God, not culture, on judgment day, then let us obey God and disobey man. And so it's 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 actually just it's not an easy yes or no. It's a it's a it's a tree where you go like, okay, this is what you've said. What's the reason? And then you pursue the reason. And anywhere the reason is something to do with either you disobey God to honor family, always choose to obey God. Mm, yeah, that's really helpful. Uh, last question we have time for. Uh, let's say you're counseling a couple and uh, one one spouse really wants to apply this Bible passage. They want the other one to apply it, right? <laughs> They're saying, oh, I really want them to leave or I really want them to cleave. Or, uh, what advice would you give people to pursue godliness without using Bible bullets to load a gun full of a bunch of verses and then attack the other person, right? Um, it's, again, because we, we it just, I keep saying this so much and it sounds, I, listening back to it, I think I'll laugh and say that was too much. But I really love being at fellowship because, again, we have so many people at fellowship who 
either are married to to someone who is from a completely different culture where we have individualistic guys who are married to collectivistic guys like that. So it's it's where this person is actually realizing, wow, it's so different how you make decisions compared to me. And and so it goes back to it's I think we at the very beginning we started with understanding that culture is not bad and culture is not how I do things is not right compared to how you, like the comparison should not be this is how Barack does it culturally and this mm. is how Pastor Bill does it culturally therefore Barack is right because culturally that makes sense and if we approach conversations that way it's just going to hurt people at the end of the day um, and so it's a question of how do we basically in in marriage the two of you how do we figure out a way to honor each other in the conversation more than we honor our culture. Going back to any time you have a disagreement in marriage, any time, it's, it's, it's not the other person that is the enemy. It's a disagreement. So it's you two against this. It's not, it's not husband against wife and wife against husband. It's actually husband and wife against the issue. And so when you make the issue the issue and not the other person and you approach it together and go like, okay, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to decide on. What does scripture say? And both of you approach it, yes, using scripture, not as bullets, but as this is what the Bible says and this is a picture the Bible is painting for us. Then how do we approach this? So the issue becomes the issue, not the husband or the wife. And and sometimes it's usually... um, the idea of, and, and our fellowship guys like saying this, and um, Pastor Ray loves saying this, it's the best idea wins. And it's actually, the, I, would, I would even move it further and say in marriage, it's the godly idea that wins. Mm. And so what is most godly? How do we pursue that and together? Mm. Yeah. I, I love how you said the, that your spouse isn't the enemy, yeah. right? that the issue is the enemy. Yeah. Uh, and that it's not uh, him versus her, it's him and her together against the issue. That's really helpful. And mm-hmm. brother, really love your heart as community pastor at Creekside. I know you love that community so well, and uh, they're really blessed to have such a godly pastor overseeing them and giving such great advice. Thanks Amen. for sharing some of that advice with us today. Amen. Thank you for having me. Today. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you bet. This has been uh, Pastor Barack, community pastor at Creekside, and we're really glad that you could join us for this deep dive on marriage and culture. And if you have any uh, other comments, go ahead and add them in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you in there and continue watching us as we continue to unpack some of these issues, continuing the conversation here. We look forward to seeing you for our next installment as we continue the conversation.